0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. Uh, this is your solo host, Alex Varallo, checking in. Um, a little bit of a scheduling uh, mishap this week, as per usual, trying to uh, plan episodes with people that live in other continents, always don't align up. But I do believe that Glenn will be producing a quick show tomorrow where he'll give you a deeper dive. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the air Um Life throws you some curveballs sometimes. Uh, Definitely did a couple weeks ago. Last week I was on vacation visiting some family. That was good. Um, And this week I'm dealing with a sick puppy. So uh, life comes at you at all angles, very much like uh, the Panthers defense coming at Zach Wilson. Uh, But before I get into tonight's quick hits and recap, uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Miles Social. Uh, If you are a a business that's looking to improve your social media level, um, you need to get together with milesocial.com. Uh They can help you optimize your business, um, cr- help you create your web design, and uh, optimize your search uh, engine marketing platform as well. Um, all the, the stuff that you need to do to propel your company to the next level, Milesocial.com is where you need to go. Okay. So going to get right into it. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a quicker show, a shorter show, I should say, um, than most. Uh, as we all know, the Jets fell to Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers this past weekend. It was a little bit uh, closer than I had t- anticipated as far as the box score, uh, but the game was predominantly, um, you know, I wouldn't say manhandled, but the Panthers had our number for pretty much all four quarters. Um, the Jets started out a little bit slow, which is definitely something we've seen in the past. Um, and, you know, when they started to pick up momentum, it was in the second half and it seemed a little bit too late uh, to try to catch up and, and get back into the game. So, a lot of firsts um, in this week one. Um, first time for uh, Robert Sala as a head coach, first time for... Uh, Mike LaFleur as an offensive coordinator, uh, first time for Zach Wilson, and as far as the team as a whole, uh, I saw a stat that uh, 13 players on the active roster for Sunday were making their NFL debut. Um, that is quite a large number uh, for first times. So there was a lot of jitters, um, you know, some mental errors uh, that were that had occurred out there. Um, we could definitely say that these things should have been expected. Um, I know a lot of expectations were high going into this game. And, you know, we as fans, we put on our green goggles and, you know, we see Super Bowl and things like that. And then, you know, once a week, the the season kicks off, uh, we're kind of brought back down into reality. Um, you know, as the theme that I had mentioned throughout training camp is that there was a lot of moving parts to this team and there was a lot of work that still needs to be done in order for this – Uh, for the Jets to propel to the next level. Uh, You know, as we can go ahead and and state, you know, the offensive line uh, was a consistent uh, conversation in regards to struggling. Um, The Jets' D line was putting a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson throughout camp. It was hard to tell at that point in time if the defensive line was that good or if the offensive line was that bad. Now, given that the fact that the Jets uh, did create some pressure on the defensive side on Sam Darnold, but they really didn't um, acquire too many stopping plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so still, you know, a lot of questions, more questions than, than answers at this point with this, this football team. And, uh, you know, I do have confidence. I do still feel that the defensive line is the strongest group in, on this roster. Uh, but still room for improvement in every position group, both sides of the ball, coaching as well. Uh, So, you know, got to hold on tight, um, take a deep breath. It's only week one. It's easy to overreact to a lot of the things that we saw this weekend. Um, We always, you know, expect for the best, and and then when we see – our team struggle, we always get frustrated and rightly so, Um, you know, just to recap with the offense, uh, I want to say with the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, I think Zach Wilson did a good job of trying to get the ball out quick, diagnosing things quickly. Uh, He was under pressure. uh, Pretty much every pass drop. Uh, You know, I I remember hearing the commentators say, I don't think Zach Wilson has had an opportunity to set his feet in the pocket. And and go through his progressions, uh, so you know a lot of pressure coming up in the interior side, um, and even on the outside where the tackles were, and uh, you know not some great play coming um, from the right and the left tackle position. Um, but before I get into that, um, don't want to miss this here. I wrote down a few things that I wanted to talk about um, as far as the injuries and the acquisitions that were made for today. So the Jets have put Mekhi Becton, Braden Mann, Blake Cashman, and LaMarcus Joyner on the IR. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, the COVID protocol and things like that are, are in play. And from what I was hearing is that, you know, Becton's situation, which was a dislocated kneecap, could take four to six weeks to recover. Uh, don't anticipate him being healthy that sixth week. Um, so maybe he's on that 10-week um, IR. I'm sure more details will unravel this week. So, you know, we'll have to go ahead and, and keep our eyes and ears to the Mackay Becken news. That's the biggest story coming from the injury uh, news. And, and LaMarcus Joyner on the defensive side is a huge, huge blow. This was, uh, you know, one of the interchangeable safeties that we had that was going to be paired up with Marcus May. Uh You know, Red Wine went out there, and then I think the guy Colbert we signed a few days ago before the game had to come in in a pinch and play. Um, Yeah, a lot of things changed fast uh, right before our eyes on Sunday. So, uh, you know, this was something that we all talked about when people are doing predictions early on in the season. What we see, you know, a couple weeks ago, a few months ago when we are making these predictions, you're not going to see that same lineup week one, and that is definitely apparent. Let's uh, talk about some of the signings that the Jets made uh, to the practice squad. They brought in a linebacker named Noah Dawkins. They brought in offensive lineman Elijah Tonsa. I believe that's the way it's pronounced. Um, we signed to our 53. We brought in Jared Wilson, who's a safety. Isaiah Williams, an offensive lineman. Goodson, which is the more familiar name out of this bunch, at linebacker. I could anticipate him probably getting into the mix uh, sooner than later. And then Thomas Morstead, a veteran punter. that has got, I think, over a decade of experience. So, um, yeah, injuries on both sides of the ball, including special teams. Uh, And that's what happens. This is, you know, a grueling sport. Uh, What we see today, um, you know, can change by tomorrow. And now, you know, the next man up theory process, is in effect, you know, who are going to be the players that are going to emerge, uh, who will rise, who will fall, who's going to step up and and be that guy that we need uh, to make plays. You know, all of these things hopefully will be unraveling within the next few weeks. And and hopefully the Jets are not on a downward slope here because this is a rough start. And, uh, you know, we can't make excuses when it comes to injuries because, every team in the NFL deals with the same stuff that we're going through, so this is part of the game. This is how it's done, and the Jets have to figure out a way to get through adversity, uh, get healthy, get on the same page, get gel as far as an offensive line, you know, get this playbook running it full, um, on firing on all cylinders here, so yeah, this is uh, might be a little bit more of a tougher season than we endured, but when you have a young roster and you have new coaches coming in and they're trying to put in a new philosophy, it's going to take time. So it could be a couple of weeks before we really see the the maximum capabilities and, and the good things from, you know, the offense and the defensive side. You know, obviously we're dealing with a new offense and we're dealing with a new defensive system, a lot of new names and faces in the mix. So um, it's going to take some time before, you know, the Jets go out there and start kicking some major butt. Uh, We have the Patriots coming up. It's probably going to be a tough one. Um, Bill Belichick loves to dial up the the pressure, especially now after seeing how Zach Wilson was a little bit, uh, you know, under duress and rushed some throws and had some incompletions based on, you know, pressure that was generated. So I I completely anticipate him throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this kid. And, you know, hopefully – This week, unlike last week, there will be a little bit better play calling. You know, there was some things that I think we could have done better. And, uh, you know, but that's me playing Monday morning quarterback here, obviously. Um, The offensive line protection obviously needs to improve. Um, You know, a lot of people always ask for adjustments and things like that. You know, sometimes it's easier said than done, especially when you're going through it and you're trying to get to the next play. Can't be dwelling on the last play. You have to move forward. So, um, you know, with all the things that I saw that were not good with this team, I, I feel that their majority of them are correctable. I think that the offensive line, once this thing gets figured out and now it looks like Makai Beckton's out the fold and, you know, fans moving to left Moses in that right. I was a little shocked to see Sam drop the start over Moses, to be honest, but that's what the way that that's the way they went with it. And, uh, yeah, not overly impressed with either of their play. Um, both of them let up pressure at time. Uh Early on, you could see Fant giving a pressure at right tackle. Same thing happened when he moved to left. I could understand he was preparing to play right tackle, and then he has to move over to the left side. Um, lucky for us, he is a swing tackle. He's got experience on both sides. He's been worked in um, on both sides of the ball throughout camp as well, so Um, the Jets were prepared in the event that something were to happen, uh, which is good, but at the same time, there was a lot of pressure that, you know, was, was been brought up. Um, I think the Panthers came away with uh, trying to take a look at the box score here to see if I can. um, So I'm counting two, three, four, five, six sacks let up this past weekend. Uh, that is far too many, uh, especially for a young quarterback. Uh, you know, trying to get acclimated with the speed of the game, and you know, put out the best that he can do, and and execute Mike LaFleur's offense. Um, all of these things, and and you know, he's got everybody um, up in his face. Uh, the Jets to figure out a way to either keep somebody back there, um, find out who their best blocking running back is or tight end and and kind of keep a guy out there to to keep the defense honest. I kind of felt that there were some situations where some players were completely blitzing, you know, free and and without any contact and and stuff like that cannot happen. Um, But it did. And, you know, like I said, I believe that a lot of those things will be corrected uh, moving forward. Um, As far as the play calling, um, I think the majority of my uh, disagreement or, um, you know, where I feel that they could have done things a little bit different, a little bit better, was how they they called the run game. Uh, I, I feel that, you know, Tevin Coleman, even though he's, you know, penciled in as the number one, I still see him as a backup running back. I see him as a scat back, a third down guy specialist, but due to the talent that we have on this team and the inexperience, he moved himself into the number one position, um, got stuffed at the line a few times. Uh, I kind of see him being more of a guy that works better on the perimeter, stretching out the defense, working to the corner, um, and, and, and not as successful in between the tackles. And I think that's what the Jets needed. They needed somebody that, you know, will be able to run the ball up the middle, pound the rock, make the defense tighten up a little bit to open up more more one-on-one opportunities for our receivers. Uh, Speaking of our receivers, Corey Davis, have to tip our cap to him. He was probably, or he was, you know, the best performer of the the weekend. He had two touchdowns. uh, So it's good to see him and uh, Zach Wilson uh, developing that early chemistry. Uh, That was great. Um, You know, as far as some of the other receivers, um, didn't do much help for for Zach. There was uh, some focus drops, uh, which really, really cost us. Um, I know a lot of people are upset at the uh, deep play that Elijah Moore couldn't come down with. You know, that's a tough call. Coverage was tight. It was a contested catch. Could we say the throw could have been perfect? And had he put him in, put that ball, you know, a little bit deeper, and Elijah would have been able to catch that in stride rather than having to lay out um, you know, maybe that turns into a touchdown. We can critique that, that individual play all different ways. Um, you know, the defender looked like it could have, you know, uh, held back one of his arms and it could have been a passing interference call, but it happened so quickly. Uh, you know, it's just hard to tell, but, uh, you know, I think there was two drops for Elijah Moore, one early on, on a, on a route he was coming across the middle. Maybe that's first game jitters. Just, uh, thinking about his next move rather than the first move, which is catching the ball and securing it. It looks like he was turning his head um, and didn't see the ball in and and just kind of muffed it. Uh, And that will happen when you're a rookie and, you know, you're excited and you want to make a play, you want to make a spark, and you forget about your fundamentals. So all of those things I I feel are correctable. Um, And, you know, hopefully this weekend the Jets are able to put together a little bit more of a rhythm in offense. I believe at one point in time, um, the Jets were up to about 35 plays of offense and they had 35 total yards or something crazy like that, or 70 total yards. I think it was 70 total yards and 35 of them was to Corey Davis. Um, So yeah, and averaging two yards uh, a play for offense, that is, uh, that is no bueno folks. And that cannot continue. So just need to figure out a way to get a rhythm going for their offense, find a way to, uh, you know, put pressure on the Patriots defense because they will be coming after uh, Zach Wilson often and heavy with their blitz schemes, I would imagine. So they definitely have to figure out a way to run the ball to keep the the defense honest and then, uh, you know, kind of bank off that, that run game so that you can set up the rollouts and the play action and and, and get your playmakers involved. So I really do feel that establishing the run is going to be vital, not only to develop the rhythm that's needed to develop chemistry, to take pressure off Zach Wilson and create opportunities for other guys. So I think that the Jets need to become a run heavy team before they become a pass heavy team um, just to, you know, get the training wheels off. You, uh you got to crawl before you walk, as they say. So I think a lot of the offensive stuff is correctable. Clearly the Jets need to stay healthy. Um, kind of hoping Jamison Crowder can come back. I know the Jets had hopes that he would come off the COVID list uh, last Sunday. It looks like, you know, um, he didn't meet the criteria, of the protocol. So uh, we'll see if he's available. Uh, I do feel like his presence was missed. Um Seeing all those opportunities and targets go to Ryan Griffin and, you know, Vince or Jeff Smith and, and Berrios, you know, who should be going to Jameson Crowder. We you know that guy's money. He's got great hands. He's reliable. Uh, and Zach Wilson and this offense definitely needs him. Uh, so, you know, going into this weekend. It's a rookie quarterback versus another rookie quarterback, uh, you know, so the advantage is not all onto the Patriots here. Um, I don't know their health their health situation. I know the Jets aren't 100% healthy, but they got to come come through this and hopefully pull a, pull a win at home. This is their opening match, so I'm really hoping the Jets, you know, can pull a W and, uh, uh, you know, get back to 500-1-1 one and, one, um, and, and get things going. Uh, So to speak on the uh, defense, uh, you know, rough, rough game that the uh, defensive team had. Uh, They really, really had a hard time containing Christian McCaffrey, Um, you know, and most teams do. Um, Let's just be honest. A healthy Christian McCaffrey is a dangerous uh, player. Um, He put up uh, nine, nine receptions for 89 yards and 21 touches for 98 Yards on the ground, so nearly 200 yards all purpose. Um, And, you know, the Jets knew he was coming. You knew he was going to be, you know, uh, getting the ball and that he's just that good. Uh, He's a threat coming out the backfield in the receiving game and he's dynamic as a runner. He's hard to bring down. Uh, You you can't arm tackle that guy, and there was some of that that happened too. You got to gang tackle that guy, Um, keep him inside. The tackle box because uh, once he gets out to the perimeter, he can really, really be dangerous. So the Jets had a very, very hard time containing him. And, uh, you know, Sam Darnold uh, showed some of the, the, the bad Sam that we saw, uh, you know, when he was with us, uh, had an early turnover um, in the red zone. Um, so a little bit of hope for us, but, you know, things didn't, didn't work out that way. Um you know, I'm sure Sam was pretty pumped up for this game to to stick it back to his old team. And, uh, you know, what do you know? He connects with his old teammate, Robbie Anderson. And uh, all I can say is, you know, like I told my buddies, I was really caught in my feelings on that one. Uh, I knew, I anticipated that was probably going to happen. But when it did, just, you know, it just, it just caught me in my weak spot. And uh, seeing Robbie Anderson fly like a jet, um, in the end zone, that that definitely stung. But uh, you know, that's what the Jets did. They decided not to sign that guy. And he told Joe Douglas uh, he was going to regret that. Um, I kind of wish we did pony up the money for him. I do think he's a good player, and uh, but what's in the past is in the past. Um, can't change it now. Stunk. We lost, but we got to move forward. So, you know, moving forward at this point. Um, you know, the Jets defensively um, have some problems with the defensive back um, area. You know, the safeties are hurt. Uh, we have some new guys coming into the fold. I'm not sure what Ashton Davis' um, health situation is, but hopefully uh, he can come back in because Lord knows we need that help back there. Uh, and he's a talented guy. You know, we, we took him in the third round in 2020. So we're, we're expecting good things from Ashton Davis here, and, and we certainly need him with the the way the injuries have unraveled. Um, but I will say there was some good things that I did see from some of the rookies. Uh, Michael Carter II um, made made a couple good plays out there. Um, Brandon Eccles held his own. Um, he was one of the, I think, sixth-round selections from Kentucky that, that we got out there. And, you know, to take a look at, you know, what the Jets are doing and, and looking at the, the draft, you know, perspective of this, we have guys like, you know, um, Jeremiah Sherwood and Hamsa Nasseruddin, you know, fifth-round selections, and then you got a sixth-round pick at corner. Um, I think uh, Michael Carter was also another one of those sixth-round picks. You know, you have late, late draft picks into your starting lineup. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? If these guys turn into good, reliable players, all of those draft picks are home runs in my in my mind. Um, getting that starting caliber players that late in the draft, definitely a very, very good thing. Now, um, you know, some of the other rookies, um, you know, struggled a little bit, but uh, – you know, that all of these things had to be expected, um, being that this was their first time, you know, being under the spotlight and getting acclimated with that speed and the, the intensity and the adrenaline running through you. Um, again, there was, there was some hiccups that occurred out there, but at the end of the day, um, you know, there are still some positives to look at here. Uh, I think C.J. Mosley looked really good flying around the field, I think Bryce Hall looked very, very good. Uh, you know, he's definitely our cornerback uh, one. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to talk a lot of, about him in training camp, but I can tell you this. He may seem lighthearted and a humble guy on social media in front of the camera, but when he's on the practice field, he has his game face on. There was nobody, you know, some guys are out there, they're dancing, they're telling jokes, they're laughing. Bryce Hall is, you know, he has that poker face when he's on the field. You can't get a read on how he's feeling at that given moment. He is all business. He treats practice just the way he treats games on Sunday, and you can see that 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 the work and the time and the effort that he's putting in, um, you know, shows. His technique is pretty good, and I think that his progression is going to be fun to watch. And I do think that the, the ceiling for Bryce Hall is going to be very high. And uh, I do hope and anticipate he becomes a solid corner for us. Obviously elite is where we want him to be, but I'll take a solid corner from the fifth round a couple of years ago that everybody passed on due to an injury he had a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, there were, there was some, some good things that came from the bad, um, you know, and uh, just I have to say this can't can't go without saying this. Um, when Braden Mann got hurt, um, I have to give kudos to Matt Amendola coming in our kicker and and booming a seventy four yarder. Uh, you know, and and I didn't even realize you know somebody uh, definitely has not missed um, doing the hammer curls because um, that guy had some guns on those arms. Um, so uh, an unfortunate situation for Braden Mann. Um, but have to mention the punt because uh, there wasn't that many great things that, that came from this game um, other than, you know, a few connections to, uh, you know, Corey Davis that looked pretty decent. Um, I know some headlines, you know, some people were alarmed about Enzel Mim's situation, only getting a handful of plays and not coming in until the very end of the game. And then he makes one of the the, the biggest plays of the day. Uh, I just kind of hope that moving forward, Uh, His snap count increases, and, um, you know, I understand that he still doesn't have a full aspect of all the wide receiver roles, according to Robert Sala in his press conference the other day. Um, Hopefully within the next few weeks he picks up more of the playbook and and finds himself with more snaps. I I do feel that LaFleur needs to carve out a role, even if it's, you know, uh, specific or, you know, very limited. Got to get him the ball four to five times a game. He has tools to be a playmaker. We just got to figure out a way how to implement that. Um, So, you know, I'll be uh, riding the Denzel Mim stream, um, hopefully to Victoryville uh, this season. So I see here, only have a few minutes left uh, for tonight. Um, You know, everybody, again, thank you for tuning in. This was a shorter show. Uh, Like I said, Glenn might be doing something tomorrow. So look in for another episode, a deeper episode with Glenn Naughton tomorrow um, on Jet Nation radio. Um, And, uh, you know, as this week goes, hopefully the Jets find a way to to stick it to the Patriots. It's our home opener. Um, You know, the Pats are one of our biggest rivals. So uh, we have to dial up that pressure on Mac Jones. Um, You know, Damian Harris, is one of their running backs. He had a pretty decent game last week. We gotta figure out a way to bottle him up uh, and, and keep their run game in check and and put the pressure on to Mac Jones. Um, I think that if we can come out quick and fast and, and get on the scoreboard early, put the pressure on them, um, you know, maybe we come away with a with a W this past week. So everybody, you know, as per usual, let's go Jets. I'm really anticipating a a better game this week. Uh, And, you know, hopefully uh, when we're talking next week, we're talking about the first win of the season. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to go to the forums, jetnation.com, number one fan forum in the NFL. Uh, You know, don't forget to check out Green Bean. He's always putting out content on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, Love all the content that he's doing. Um, and make sure you download the app. Everything's for free, jetnation.com. If you're a Jets fan and you're not signed up, you're not doing yourself a service, my friend. Get involved in the conversation. Get into the forums, nonstop Jets conversation 24-7. So everybody, have a great week, and as per usual, let's go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at aceban 23 and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!